0: We're back and here to Handicap NFL Week 7. I got the homie Dan Z back. We got some uh, head-to-head picks. It's going to be an exciting podcast, probably full of arguments. We got quite the rivalry brewing between me and Dan Z. It's a friendly, competitive rivalry. Um, we've went head-to-head on recent podcasts, so interested to see where our... Um, our ha- our handicaps for a couple of today's games land and, and end up and maybe one of us can talk the other one out of making a dumbass bet but Dan that's, I was... that's what I'm
1: here for to, to save you from yourself
0: <laughs> thanks I'm I'm going to need all the help I can get I'll tell you that although I am trending in the right direction I'm 8-1-1 in the last two weeks in the Circa contest Not not doing as well as you but I'm doing pretty good who is Jeff who is <laughs> Dude, your sharpness is, is something to aspire to. What is your record on this on this podcast over the last couple of weeks?
1: I have appeared on the podcast three times, week one, and then you had me back two weeks ago, and then I did so well you had me back last week, yeah. and then I dominated again last week. So here we are again, 15-3 uh, overall.
0: Yeah, you're like that dude um, in my fantasy football league who was invited by someone, uh, by someone else in the league, but I actually never met him. And once I like learned his personality, I actually, I hated him. But he won the Fantasy Football League, so I had to keep him around. Are you I, saying you hate me? I don't hate you, but I really, I almost don't want to bring you back on all the time. But you keep winning, and I have no choice. Uh, uh, I know. Thank you? <laughs> no, I, I, just, I, I just mean, I'm, I'm, I guess the joke I was trying to say that I didn't do so well with was that I'm jealous. I'm jealous, and I'm sick of you showing me up.
1: That was a weird way to get there. First you started with a story about a guy you hate and you don't want me around.
0: <laughs> I mean Yeah, that did get a little weird. I'm sorry, I don't hate you. I love you, Dan. Um Thank you. I mean, we text all the time about our bets and, and you chirp me on bets halfway through the games, which is absolutely egregious. That's kind of what I mean. I'm still I'm still I'm still pissed off about you chirping me about an NBA bet. I
1: night. didn't chirp you. It was like I was opening the, the door of communication. I was like, hey, that Raptor's bet, huh? That was your hello, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, start of the fourth quarter. I don't watch a lot of NBA. I'm not a fan. I know you're big into it. I I'm not a fan. Um, but I even like I made a bet on the game, and still didn't watch it. I just kinda like followed the game cast. That was enough for me.
0: Are you gonna watch more of it if you bet more of it?
1: No. I hate the NBA. It's what? an awful product.
0: What's your I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, Especially don't in do... the regular
1: season, I, I cannot cannot even get close to getting – because I'm a big hockey guy. And see, the thing with hockey is, like, you can't take it easy in hockey ever. Like, there's no such thing as not playing – like, because you'll get hurt. So you kind of – those guys have to go at it 100% all the time. But the NBA, it's a lot of half-ass stuff, and I it just it's not a fun product for me.
0: Question, because – We do have a space to fill here on the Outkick Bets podcast. Do you do any hockey handicapping?
1: No. So, hockey is my one thing where we don't really cover it, and I don't bet on it. I am straight up just a fan. I enjoy the product. I don't want to put any money on it. I don't need to. I
0: just enjoy it. Would you consider yourself a hockey sharp, or are you just full-on like, Ranger hooligan, and that's really yeah, all Yeah, no, going uh, on. That,
1: see, that's the funny thing. Like, people go, like, oh, you're a hockey guy. Like, the, first of all, the bar to clear for hockey guy is really low because people just don't watch it at all. So I'm considered hockey. But, I like, I'm really a Rangers fan. Like, I'm not sitting there watching, like, Penguins Capitals on a Wednesday night.
0: No shit. I don't hate that. I mean, I grew up a but, huge but I want, Ranger I will, fan.
1: I will watch probably 75 Rangers games of the 82 that they play. There'll be some, like, random games i can't see but i'll go to three or four a year and i'll watch the other 70 on tv
0: up until i was probably like 16 or 17 hockey was the thing i was most excited about i was actually like a really good hockey player growing up did you ever play hockey really
1: yeah i did a little bit but i couldn't i couldn't get down with the you had to get up at like six in the morning and i for eight year old yeah. me i was like yeah i'm not into this
0: i mostly played street hockey i played a little bit of pond hockey my parents were just honestly just too poor to pay for hockey Same. <laughs> for me. Um, but I, I led my roller hockey league when I was like 13 and points and assists. And I played with like all hand-me-down equipment. <laughs> I was just, I was just like destroying kids. I was, I was actually pretty good, but uh, we're not a hockey podcast. I, you know, I just took a little tangent there because I, uh, Hockey is one of the few sports I don't bet, and I'm trying to get back into it. And the best way to get into sports, I think, is to bet on them. So I was hoping that maybe you can provide some wisdom about that stuff. I'm already
1: into it. I don't need to bet. Like I I said, I watch Rangers games, and I already care about the outcome because I want the Rangers to win. So what is money? Money isn't going to make it any more interesting for
0: me. Hmm. Well, if you put enough money on it, it could make it a little more interesting. Actually,
1: what I will occasionally do is if the Rangers are up big, like 3-1, 4-1, I'll bet the money line on the other team, so I'm a little less upset if they end up blowing it. Because last year they had a they had a penchant for for blowing leads, so they'd get a lead in like the third period, and I'd go bet the other team's money line at like plus four hundred. And it's like, well, at least if they lose, I get some money out of it.
0: And I'm back to hating you. I I, I cannot <laughs> figure you out. You're the most random You're the most Why? random fool. <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. Uh, it doesn't. It does not. In my head, it doesn't make any sense to bet against your favorite Out. team. This is this is actually an issue that I have. Like, so that's why I usually recuse myself from like gambling on my teams or even publicly handicapping them because, like, honestly, I'm ne- I'm never going to bet against the Yankees. It's it's never going to happen. I can't put myself in that position. Like, like emotionally, spiritually, I just can't do that. Like, how you that's can so... even hit enter on the bet? It's just it kind of blows my mind.
1: That's got to be really good for your job. There's two baseball series left, and you can't bet on one of them.
0: Yeah, I have nothing
1: real helpful. That. That's our
0: outkick <laughs> bets guy, everybody. Yeah. Well, I've hit six straight Padre games that I bet on, and they're still oh, in the playoffs. So let's let's hope we can keep that momentum. Uh, but again, go. I'm
1: not betting against the Rangers, like I'm because I'm handicapping it. I'm not like, oh, this is like it's That's it's like true. a little bit of money that I'm fine losing if they lose. You know, I bet ten bucks on a plus four hundred money line against them. So it's like, I I would pay honestly if someone came up to me and was like, you can hand me ten dollars right now and I will guarantee you the Rangers win this game. I would take it almost every time. So it's ten dollars like,
0: and a Ranger win, of course.
1: <laughs> no, no, what, I, what am I give mishearing? Them $10.
0: Oh, I see, I see, I see.
1: If someone was like, "You pay me ten dollars, and I will guarantee the Rangers win tonight," I would say, "Here's your ten dollars." So for me, it's that—that that if I lose it, fine. But if they happen to blow it, I would—I would normally be pissed the entire rest of the night. But hey, I got forty bucks, so it's like, okay, that at least soft—it softens the blow.
0: Fair enough. I heard that you would take ten dollars and a Ranger win. I was like, yeah, that's a great deal. That'd, well, duh. That'd be awesome. Um. All right. So just refresh the listeners how you did in week six, what your bets were, and and. Uh, how they grade it out do you have it in front of you by chance
1: i know so it's funny i have my wife is up in the office so i don't have access to my, like all my work stuff so i'm like missing my uh my document
0: oh all right it's all good I know. I, this well, is brutal well if you can remember um um i don't know remind the audience in a second but i, I was four in one i'll find it well I... i'll
1: find it while you do your business
0: I hit the Commanders minus one, uh, at the Chicago Bears. You usually don't want to submit on Thursdays in these NFL week uh weekly contests because you want the Friday final injury report, but I was very confident in the Commanders, which I shouldn't have been, but they ended up getting home for me on Thursday night football. Uh they beat the Bears twelve to seven in what was just um a traditionally terrible Thursday night football game. They're all been really bad this year. I hit the uh, Colts minus two and a half against the Jaguars. Believe I got a little lucky there, but whatever, money spends. Um, next game, I didn't get lucky at all in, but Patriots plus two and a half against the Browns. I was on the Patriots. You and... consider
1: that Colts win a lucky one? Because I got that one too.
0: I do, yeah. Yeah, I remember that we were both on it, but they were trending towards, I think, covering uh, or winning by by, by two. Right, and then Matt Ryan hit that um, home run deep I, ball to Alec Burks for the. I for had a him touchdown. at minus.
1: I had him at minus one and a half. So. Oh,
0: okay. Then I had him at minus two and a half in the contest. I had a minus oh, one okay. and a half with, with uh, with with my my personal my my bookie, but, um, I gave it out on Outkick dot com at I think two and a half, and I took it in the contest two and a half. So I got lucky. How the hell is California not a legal betting state? That makes no sense. You want to talk about things
1: that make no sense.
0: Yeah, I can't really even talk about this because I'll get canceled, but <laughs> it's the Native Americans. That's that's how. So Connecticut
1: too, though. That was the big hang up here, but they, they agreed. So there's two main tribes in Connecticut that own the Mohegan Casino and the Foxwoods Casino. Oh, I'm very one familiar. Of them, yeah, I don't remember which is which, but they each of them took one of the big carriers, FanDuel and DraftKings, and like partnered with them. So I think it's like Mohegan and and DraftKings or I could be screwing it up, but either way they pair. So you got to get them to pair up, but there's probably a lot more tribes in California that would need a piece of that pie.
0: Yeah. There's a lot going on that I don't fully understand. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm going back to old school American thinking on this. And I I hate the native Americans for what they're doing right now to legalize gambling in California. They're going to kill it. And they have pissed me off. I've, I've said too much. I've said too much. You're on watch, Native Americans. <laughs> uh, anyways, Monday Night Football, I took the Broncos, plus four and a half in the contest. I gave it out at plus five. Me and you were up on this one, right? And you were also plus five? Yes. Or minus five? So I won't. I,
1: I just I will take any anti chargers bet because of Brandon Staley. That was not I will I will readily admit that was not like a hey I'm super sharp on this. I actually kinda liked your side better, but I just hate your Brandon Staley hate, so I will happily take it because it's a double if, if they win. Oh you, wow.
0: You check raise I mean, my Brandon Staley hate with
1: And they did win. So I mean that in, in, in the grand scheme of things, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, they're not interested. or they don't care about covering, I guess. How did you feel about Brandon Staley's performance? Did he validate all your love? I mean, they scored 13 points, right? Or 16? I mean... 19.
1: 19,
0: excuse me. The Broncos scored 16.
1: I mean, they won in overtime. So, you know, a win's a win. It's a divisional win in prime time. I'm not going to be salty about it.
0: Honestly, I shouldn't be talking shit because I have money on this clown. So, I'm I'm taking the Chargers this week. And then uh, my one loser was the Bengals at the Saints. Uh, I thought I got unlucky on, on this one, but I thought I so got... So you're going
1: back to the well. I can't wait to get there. That's going to be fun.
0: I thought I got unlucky with uh, the Saints, but got lucky with the Colts. So in my head, it kind of like evened out. I, I was cool with this result. Um, the Saints really just crushed the Bengals on the ground. That was kind of impressive. Um, but yeah, I am going to go fade the Bengals. And that, you, we were opposite on that one too, right? That so was the again, one we're opposite on.
1: Yeah, it's not a super sharp or handicappy thing. Um, my dad's a lifelong Bengals fan. I root for the Bengals. I want them to do well. I want them to
0: win. You never said that. How come you waited for an episode to say that? You just—I think last week you're like, "Eh, no, I'll take the Bengals. I'll fade you." And <laughs> that's all I got out of
1: you. That's nah, mostly like I, I like rooting for Cincinnati again. Like you have to understand, there's a difference between my handicapping and like this is a bet because you've said this like, "Oh." Those bets that we're making against each other, going on the pod, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not say- taking this because it's a sharp. Ang-. Like you look at betting as like your profession, where you need to win every bet. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like I enjoy it. It's sort of a hobby. It's fun. Sort of back to the Rangers thing. Like I don't have a problem losing that bet, and and I don't feel like I'm betting against my team because I want them to lose. Like no, not at all. In fact, it's the opposite. I'm hoping to lose that ten dollars. I don't care.
0: Uh well, I bet where if I lose, it's, it's painful. So, and if I yeah. win, it's nice. I can, you know, I could pay rent a couple of times over. So that's kind of my perspective on it. <laughs> I hear you though. Um,
1: but that, see, that's my argument that allows me to be a good handicapper so I don't have a ton of skin in the game where it's like, it depends on it. So I'm just like, Hey,
0: no, see, I, I, my, my gambling has been hardened by online poker. Um, and it, to me it's like, you're not, you don't get good unless you start hitting your pain threshold. Like, you know, once you start getting some real skin in the game, that's how you get in, well, that's how you, you know get me. improvement.
1: You know me, though. Like, my desire to be right is probably stronger than my desire to make money.
0: That's true. But when you add the money in, it just makes the whole experience better or worse if you win or lose. But, I mean, I, I hear you. I'm not trying to unit shame either. I'm just, I'm saying. Yeah, stop like, unit
1: shaming. My I one unit's know. different than your one unit, so what?
0: Yeah, we're all, you know. We're all just trying to make some money here. Um, before we get into week seven, though, let me shout out the sponsors sponsors of this podcast. Excuse me, DraftKings and PointsBet Sportsbook. You can get promotional bonuses via outkick.com backslash bet. Visit that URL. You can get 200 free bets from DraftKings by betting $5 on any NFL money line. If that team wins, you'll get $200 in free bets. Also, through DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get a $1,000 deposit bonus. Whereas in points bet or at points bet sportsbook, you can get two risk-free bets of up to two thousand um, dollars. We also have tools that'll help you become a sharper better, or at least get the best prices available. We have an odds, player props, and future finder tab on Outkick.com backslash betting. Um, the most important thing or one of the most important things when handicapping sports is finding the best of the number so we help you do that by um, again providing these tools and ads odds, odds finder player prop and futures finder so access those at uh, outkick.com backslash betting all right so let's start with uh, the, the game I think me and you are gonna have most disagreement on I'm uh, opposite on this one, uh, opposite on you on this one, but it's the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. Do you want to make your case first, or do you want me to make my case first?
1: I'll let you make your case, but since the viewers are dying to know, make sure I'm not lying. I did find my picks from last week in our, uh, in our Slack conversation. So the, the miss I had was Packers over Jets. That was just an absolute disaster uh, from beginning to end. I had the Steelers covering plus eight over the Bucks, and they won outright. Uh, I did not give out sprinkle on the money line. I didn't think the Steelers would win that game outright, but doesn't matter. Plus eight, good. Um, I had once again. Well, actually, I'll get to that in a second because we're gonna um, Browns Patriots over, which was an easy hit. And like you, I had Colts minus one and a half over the Jags, and then of course, hammer Zach Ertz props because you hammer tight ends against the Seahawks, and of course, his catches total which I said at five and a half went over his yards total, which I said bet up to 54 and a half went over. So both of those hit five and one for the week, 15 and three overall.
0: You're an alpha. We're going to change this to outkick best with Dan Z. Actually, I know we got off to a rocky start cause my intro sucked, but I do want you in here for most NFL podcasts and we're going to kind of work around your schedule to get you on board for most of these. Cause you're doing really good work. And the most important thing to me isn't like how I look it's just providing listeners with sharp analysis and you you do that and um honestly no bullshit I'm very impressed by like how buttoned up you are like you send me your full handicaps for these <laughs> the day before oh, I thought you
1: wanted me to do that
0: no I just wanted you I just wanted the games that you're gonna bet in the uh, <laughs> oh, okay well I'll stop doing that <laughs> oh, oh my bad all right I didn't know if like <laughs> that helped you or kind of uh I thought uh, you wanted perspective to know behind that like-
1: my rationale for why I do things
0: no i like I like you know I'm gonna hear your rationale right here all right so fair i I honestly am just like kind of impressed that you put more work on your plate. It's like I just send you like the games that I'm betting or my picks, so. and i
1: do and I do it after work too, by the way, like my shift, my editing shift ended at eight o'clock last night, and then i spent the next hour and a half putting together my handicaps,
0: not to uh. Not to one up you, I spent ninety minutes looking at one of the games we're gonna talk about, just like zoning out, looking at the line. I my brain doesn't move as fast as yours. So I need to like kinda sit uh-huh. here and just like bathe in the NFL lines. That's and like also ninety
1: five percent of the world though, so don't feel too bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I... You're a really sharp, smart guy. We can't compare ourselves <laughs> to you, Dan. All right. So Browns Ravens, I'm on the Browns plus six and a half. You were really kind of like daring me to make this bet. And at first I was pretty hesitant. And then when I kind of sunk my teeth into this, um, I, I just, you know, I felt like the, sh- the, the sharp side was the Cleveland Browns. Apparently they're getting more money in the market, whereas more bets have been placed on the Ravens. So that's like a pros versus Joe's angle here. We could we can, uh, mix into the handicap. But I mean, even simpler, but is a square really betting Cleveland in this spot. I doubt it, right? Lamar Jackson has been playing an MVP caliber. Baltimore has owned Cleveland over the past few years. Cleveland just got embarrassed um by a backup quarterback and have a backup quarterback under center um in Jacoby Brissett. So things are trending against the Cleveland Browns. It makes sense that, you know, more of the public is on the, the Ravens. But I'm kind of, ex- I think it's a little bit of recency bias, you know, and I'm definitely excusing last week's performance against the Patriots because I just feel like the Browns got checked. I mean, Brissett attempted 45 passes versus New England because the game spiraled out of control, and I think they're going to be able to get their rushing attack going early and often here in this game and reduce the pressure on Brissett to make plays out of the pocket new england had a lot of short or a couple short field touchdowns due to turnovers and i would actually make the argument this isn't a patriots handicap but i actually make the argument zappy might be like a short-term upgrade over mac jones because there's just no game film on him and belichick can use him in all these different goofy ways or use him differently but baltimore is two and six against the number as home favorite since the beginning of the last season, uh, one of my homies, a former coworker at USA Today Sports, he um, he does like a he, he he and his best friends are Baltimore Ravens fans, are originally from the Baltimore area, and they do a podcast called Pod Like a Raven. Um, and they're very, very locked into this team, and they're very down on Baltimore. All four of the hosts predict Cleveland to cover, and they're not usually that pessimistic about their team, but I think the Ravens fan base accurately sees holes in how this team plays, and it's mostly due to their second-half performances and letting leads um, squander away or squandering away leads. Um, and, and back to my original point or one of my original points, excuse me, not my first point, but, um, a point that I had early on about Cleveland's ground game, Baltimore's, uh, rushing defense has a below average, uh, rushing, uh, expected points added per play and, and success rate, whereas Cleveland's first and rushing EPA per play and fourth and rushing success rate. So I think Nick Chubb has a big game. I actually think Miles Garrett has a big game because he's going to be lining up against an injured Morgan Moses or backup Patrick Macari. He had two sacks in each or one sack in each of his last two games and had a touchdown scored in his last game against the Baltimore Ravens. So very wordy, but I'm going with the Browns. I'm taking six and a half. What's your what's your pushback?
1: Yeah, so I think that I'll I'll kind of address that point by point. First, you mentioned recency bias against the Browns, which I agree with, but I also think that that's evened out by the fact that there's recency bias against the Ravens, which is that they just lost. They blew another lead. They lost to your Giants. So I don't don't see how the Browns, you could say like, oh, there's recency bias with the Browns because they got Belichick. It's like, yeah, but there's also recency bias against the Ravens. So I kind of think that's even there. And honestly – what you see as a negative, their second half performances, I spin positively, and I say that I think the way they've lost those games is fluky and unsustainable. In that, the Dolphins game was absolutely crazy. I, I, there's not even a real way to to discuss that. But the other two were Lamar Jackson turning the ball over in the fourth quarter, which he has never done in his career. Like, there's nothing in his underlying numbers that show that he's been any worse in his career in the fourth quarter than any other quarter. So I tend to believe that that's a little more fluky than anything, and trust me, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan out there, and I think there are a lot of things he doesn't do well, and this whole discussion about him being a $300 million quarterback is absolutely insane. But there's no question the guy's super talented, and like I said, there's nothing in his underlying data that shows that fourth-quarter interceptions are going to keep coming at the the way that they are. So I look at the Ravens' 3-3 record, and I go, this is essentially a 6-0 team. They should be 6-0. And if they were six and zero in this game against the Browns, this line would be eight to ten. If you had the six and zero Ravens with the Browns coming to town, it'd be eight to ten. So I think I get the same team less than a touchdown. So that on the numbers side is where I'm at with the Ravens. Um, I understand that the Browns feel like the sharp side. But again, I think the Ravens are extremely undervalued because of some fluky bad luck late in games that has made them into a three and three team that I, I just don't believe that they are. I mean, they've trailed for 10 minutes the entire season, 10 minutes the entire season. And the majority of that came in a game against the Patriots, and they won that game. Like literally in the game, the three games they've lost, they trailed for a total of a minute and 57 seconds. That's wild. Now, again, you use that as a negative. I totally understand that. I'm not saying that I'm definitely right about that. But again, I tend to think that's a little bit more fluky and a little more luck-based than the Ravens just suddenly forget how to play football all of a sudden in the last 10 minutes. That seems, that seems wild to me, especially when you have a coach like John Harbaugh who's been around a long time. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, And the other thing, too, when it comes to that is like the Ravens have been haunted by turnovers. The Browns have only forced five turnovers this season. And they've turned it over themselves seven times in their past three games. So again, one of the one of the downsides of taking the Ravens is you're you're betting sort of against them turning the ball over again. Well, if you're gonna do it against any team, it's the Browns because they don't turn the ball, they don't force turnovers. And by the way, as far as the rushing goes, you talked about Cleveland's run game versus the Ravens defense. Look at the other side. Cleveland's run defense is the worst in the NFL. And the Ravens ran for over 200 yards last week. They've run for over 150 yards in each of their past 5 games. I think that's a major weakness for the Browns that the Ravens will absolutely exploit. And Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson have honestly just straight owned the Browns. They've covered each of the last 5 games against Cleveland. I, I don't know, man. Like I get a Ravens in my opinion this line should be higher. It would be if the Ravens had a 6 and 0 or 5 and 1 record if they didn't have some a couple things go there go wrong at the end of games. So I think getting less than a touchdown against a team that they are far superior than, and they're at home, seems like an. You know, I'll lay those points every time.
0: What do you think the line would be, or should be, or what would what would it need to be for you? Not. To I bet said it.
1: it w- I wouldn't want to get more than a touchdown. Um, just because it's a divisional game. Um, but I like I said, I'm happy going to six and a half, which is I think what you said is at right now.
0: So the my like. My, my, I guess my last takeaway or my last thought about this game is just it is a divisional matchup. And I think I just see it being like a tough one score divisional matchup type of game. And I think,
1: yeah, one score, seven points.
0: Yeah, it could be right. Or it could be, (laughs) uh, it could be six, uh, five, four downwards. So, um, I do think like a a game winning field goal effectively ends this game. That's kind of where I'm at in it. Um, and, and the team like, with Baltimore, you know, they, Miami, Buffalo, not New York, but those two teams had a sick passing attack. So it makes more sense. They are able to come from behind and whereas, you know, feel as comfortable for with Jacoby and Brissett, but I do think their season's on the line. Who, so by the way, get, has get his behind. own,
1: who has his own turnover issues. So it's not like, sure you know, it's not like it's a guarantee that if the Browns get behind that they can even sneak in the back door. Cause he's at any time could have a terrible turnover that not only, Eliminates the back door, but puts the game completely out of reach.
0: Yeah. But when you're looking to bet a team, I think you have to like stack up the pros and cons, right? You make the pros and cons list. And one of the pros with a plus six is the back door. The back door could be open um, regardless of the turnover issues, you know? So, and the Baltimore Ravens haven't put away games very well this year. Look, um, your guys
1: at your guys at and agree with you. The sixty-two percent of the bets are on Baltimore, and fifty-seven percent of the money is on the Browns. So you're you're on the sharp side. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, but I said that. Me, but me and the
1: Joes will happily take our money on this one.
0: <laughs> I uh, I said that, but I'm kind of talking at a at a both sides of my mouth, or I'm going to be talking at both sides of my mouth because I'm I'm actually going to pull rank on a couple of these uh, betting splits and just bet in the face of them. I actually disagree with some of these betting splits. So we'll talk about that, but let's get into your next game, which is the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders. Something I want no part of, but where do you see profit in this one?
1: So I'm definitely square this week. I noticed it uh, when I went and looked up the money percentages. I was like, Oh man, I'm
0: sorry. I was saying me too.
1: Yeah. I mean, but honestly there've been a few handicaps I've get out on this pod where I was like, this is the square side and it's hit. So it's not like, it's not Mm. like, it doesn't hit ever. It's like, oh, the pros are always right. Like, if ever, if someone was right 100% of the time in sports gambling, it wouldn't exist. No, They don't and, build casinos because of winners.
0: Yeah, dude. And, like, the the very simple logic that I look at this with or that I use for this is, just like, to be a professional better, like, your win rate is effective, effectively 57 58%. Like, that's what you're shooting for, which is great, right? But as I hear that, 42%, which is the, the losing rate, that's a lot. That's actually a lot, especially if you stretch it over a a high volume. So to your point, yeah, like the public sides win sometimes. So So, I'm sorry.
1: I hate people who start their handicaps with like, it feels like because that's the dumbest thing ever. But I'm going to do it because (laughs) this honestly feels like one of those games where like an average NFL team goes up against a bad NFL team and just pummels the shit out of them. Like I think the Raiders, first of all, are better than one and four. I think their record, and you'll you'll find that as being kind of a theme with my betting. You know, I say it a lot. Like records are misleading, and I understand that in the NFL, all that matters are wins and losses. But when it comes to betting, like you can lose and win. Remember with the with the spread. So um, I think the Raiders are better than one and four. They uh, they nearly beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead last time out after beating the Broncos two back to back hard fought divisional games. Uh, their losses are to Tennessee, Arizona, and the Chargers. I don't think any of those is necessarily a bad loss. Um, not that they're great losses, but they're not terrible. The Cardinals stink, but like that required a ridiculous comeback from from Kyler Murray and Davis Mills, who they'll face in this matchup, is is certainly not Kyler Murray. And then to flip to the other side, the Texans are really, really, really bad. Um, I think going into the season, everyone sort of thought that was the case, but then, you know, they tie in week one with the Colts. They hang in in week two against Denver, who at the time we thought might be decent, but Denver stinks. And then Houston lost to the Bears, who is arguably the other worst team in the NFL. Then they lost to the Chargers, and then that went over Jacksonville. But And I'm going to get to this later, but Jacksonville is one of the most overrated teams in the NFL. So I there, there's nothing in Houston's profile that suggests this team is any good. Uh, both teams are coming in off their bye week, but I think that benefits the Raiders more because you've got Josh McDaniels who comes from the Belichick tree, and after a one and four start, I expect that he was like locked in his office for 14 straight days just looking at film. They need this win badly. Derek Carr needs this win. I mean, like Davis Mills and Lovey Smith. Like, what are the expectations for Houston? Three wins this season. Um, I don't expect that the bye week was was as important to them. They probably used it to just hang out, drink some beers, enjoy enjoy not losing for a week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Houston is one of seven NFL teams averaging fewer than 200 yards per game through the air. And that's too bad because the Raiders' weakness is pass defense. They allow more than 250 yards per game. I don't think Houston can exploit that main Raider weakness. And because of that, I'm going with the Raiders, even laying the seven. I think they're compelled to make a statement in this game. I think it could get out of hand early, and I, I don't think they'll let up and allow the Texans in the back door. Like, McDaniels needs this. He can ill afford to be embarrassed in this game, and I, I think that'll be impressed upon the team.
0: Yeah, I actually like that angle the most out of all your analysis. It's like they need to flip the juju of the season, you know?
1: I mean, people are already talking about McDaniels' job security, like five games into his tenure. It's like, did they make the wrong hire? It's like, okay, it's been five games.
0: Well, allegedly, like, Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels had a conversation about his job security after, like, week three. Remember, I know we covered that story where they brought him into the – they had, like, a sit-down, a manager sit-down. Maybe HR was involved.
1: It's not like they're – like, hey, Josh, we're going to fire you if you don't what it's been three games mark like relax but either way i I do think mcdaniel i mean mcdaniel's a competitive dude there's everything in his background shows it like i a chance like that's why i look at this like when i say it feels like an average like beating the texans is not anything to write home about but if you beat the shit out of the texans if they win this game like you know 34 to 10 then you at least can say, like, look, we, ha- we, we took care of business. So I think that, that they need to do that. That's why I expect that the Raiders will come out. They'll want to win this game. They'll want to win it by a lot. I don't see a let-up happening. So I, I'm, I know it's square, but I'm on the Raiders this week.
0: I don't usually like to play overs for player props, but doesn't this feel like like a Devontae Adams like stat pad game? So dude, we're gonna give you 180 yards and three touchdowns.
1: <laughs> as long as the cameraman doesn't run on the field, then yeah, he should be good.
0: Um I think they actually have player props. Uh no, they don't have them listed for the Raiders for some reason. Only like a handful for the Texans. But that's one of the that's what I'm gonna look at um Sunday morning is maybe getting down on Devontae Adams because I just look at this as like, like you said, kind of like a, a all-in effort from Vegas. They need to change the momentum of their season coming off the bye week. So, you know, they talked about it like the past, you know, 10 days. Like, hey, this is like our, our moment to like turn this season around. Like this division. And by the way,
1: they have a worse record than Houston. Like, let's yeah. not forget about that. The 1-4 Raiders are worse than the 1-3 and one Texans. So, you know, the Raiders are like, this team's not better than us. They are they are absolutely not a better football team than we are.
0: Yeah, and I really don't have like a pro football argument to make for Houston. That's you know it's just more of like, well the public's on Vegas, so you got to go the other way. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, you need I, to attach is, right? football logic to it too.
1: It's the one in four Raiders laying a touchdown, and you go like, who are the one? Who should the one in four Raiders be laying a touchdown to? And your your gut yeah. response is no. They shouldn't be laying a touchdown to anyone. But I would argue this is the one team, maybe them and the Bears. But, but see, with the Bears at least, the Bears can play a little defense. So they can keep games closer. Like, I I don't know, man. I, I, I just can't find anything with the Texans. And we talk a lot about, like, look-ahead spots. I mean, the Raiders go to the Saints next week, and then they play Jacksonville. Like, this isn't really a spot where it's like you're, what are they, looking ahead to the Saints? No, no. I think focus is fully fully locked in here.
0: I think it could be a look-ahead spot if it wasn't the bye week. I think the bye week, like, has them reset everything. Like, all right, we need to, like, get this win.
1: But again, look ahead to the Saints?
0: No, but I'm just saying, like, if there was a team you're always going to look past, it's going to be the Houston Texans, right? Like, almost naturally, it's just going to oh, be yeah. like, well, you know, we got the Texans this week, but, like... Can't you can't do that in your bye week, right? You that's would th- right. You would think um, if
1: if that's the case, then Josh McDaniels should be fired.
0: Oh yeah, like if you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna flip your tomb real fast if they lose this game.
1: oh uh, yeah. If they lose this game, they they probably now we need to have a conversation. Yeah,
0: go to outkick. If they lose this game, go to outkick.com <laughs> and read Dan's piece about eh, is Josh McDaniels. Oh, it's coming. It'll is be he fired a coordinator, too. not a coach? <laughs> uh, oh a
1: good, yeah, good headline.
0: Yeah, well, I'm trying. You're you're the headline expert. Um, all right. So keeping in along the same theme of where we're both.
1: By the way, I real quick, I see Devontae Adams at seventy eight and a half.
0: On DraftKings. Yes. Oh no shit! It's not on. It's not coming through my feed. I don't like playing overs, but like, I think he does it. Like, I I don't know. Seventy eight and a half is a big number. I, like you, very rarely, will I do the it feels approach you know but sometimes you it's, it's, it's bad but you're yeah, right but sometimes like that's just kind of how gambling works like you do like the blank this is what i think and it's just like i see Devontae adams getting to 160 yards like i, I, don't, know. Only, I don't know i don't know it's just what i see
1: i'm with you the only football argument i would make against it is that i would worry about is that houston will try to take Devonte out of the game early and if the raiders Use Mac Collins and uh, Waller didn't practice, though. If he doesn't play, they're not going to have a choice. But if they get a lead early using other guys because Houston's taking Devontae away, then there'll be no reason to go to Devontae late. So it's it's not like it's not a game where he's going to pad stats. So you kind of need him to, to really get like 60 yards in the first half. Otherwise, you might be in a little bit of trouble. That's the only I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying, though, that like we talk about like he's not getting in the back door with that. I don't think if they have a lead late.
0: No, because I have—I'm not a big fantasy guy, but I have this guy on my fantasy team. My fantasy team's actually pretty sick, but like Josh Jacobs is balling this year, balling. So like, yep. if they get a lead, they they can actually win by margin and build on that lead with Josh Jacobs. So to your point, yes. maybe Devontae Adams, like he's probably not going to get there in the back door. However, we've seen Derek Carr just go like. F it! I'm throwing this ball sixty yards in the air. Like I don't care the the down, the distance, the situation. Like I'm throwing it. Hey, what's what's the what's the white boy's name? The I'll uh, uh, run for a run keep I'm, I'm throwing it. I'm well, airing one out. What, so Carr does this
1: thing, and he did it with Waller at times last year before he got Adams. Like you're gonna know if that Adams prop's gonna hit after like the first drive, because Carr will have these games where he just decides I'm throwing it to Devontae Adams, pretty much every time. Yeah. And you'll know. You'll see it right away. Like, oh, that's what they're doing. Because he used to do it with Waller. Waller would have games where he'd have like fifteen targets. And it was literally like every pass play was designed to go to Waller. And the only way he wasn't throwing it to him is if he was double covered. And even sometimes then he's like, eh, ah, fuck it.
0: I dude, I kinda like Derek Carr for that. It's just like, I do too. Like, they're not gonna guard Darren Waller this drive, so I'll keep throwing it. <laughs> like whatever to to I'll him just him keep time. throwing exactly. it. Like him. And that
1: could be and that honestly could be what happens here with with because again. The Raiders need this win. Derek Carr needs this win. What do you do when you need to win? You get the ball to your best player. And Devontae Adams is their best player.
0: For sure. Resurgent
1: Uh, Josh Jacobs aside, Devontae Adams is their best player.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely getting paid like their best player. Uh, I will say, though, the the last Josh Jacobs uh, fan point, he is in a contract year. um, and, And, you know, that's definitely a big reason why he's a, getting as many touches because they know he's going to be running harder, and B, wise as productive as he's been. And it's also like Devontae Adams is in the offense, so it's like there's less people in the box. So that goes just – I think he's that further t- supports your Raiders minus seven argument.
1: He's had 20 targets over the last two weeks and 225 yards. So, yeah, he's going to get the ball.
0: Um. All right, well, on to my next best bet. The Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. I'm laying it with the Titans here minus two and a half. I'm very aware of the betting splits and how I'm on the public side. I mean, the money's on. Uh, it's the money and the I guess the pros and the public are on the Titans. Yeah, this is it's like, like a lockstep,
1: right? Everybody's in on it.
0: Yeah, everyone is in on it, which is a little confusing. I feel like the market. Has kind of overreacted to Indianapolis's victory over Jacksonville last week. They were, they were one and a half point favorites at home. That was the closing line uh, against Jacksonville, and now like with being two and a half point favorite or underdogs at the Titans, feels like the market's saying that they're a half point or a point better than the Titans in a neutral field. Isn't that your read on that too?
1: Yeah, I I just I can't touch the Colts because I don't I they're they're an enigma for me. Cuz I thought they would be good going into the season. They started out and they looked horrible. Then they beat the Chiefs. And I I don't know like are they good or not? I just I just don't know. I I need more information.
0: I think we can say definitively last week was their first good game. It was definitely Matt Ryan's first good game, right? Like they beat Denver 12 to 9. Matt Ryan didn't play well. The defense certainly did. Uh, they got lucky against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll give the defense some credit there, but like Matt Ryan deserves no credit, right? But did you watch? Because you had money on, did you watch the Colts Jacksonville game?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I had red zone on, so I saw the I saw the important stuff.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, I did too. I checked in a little, maybe a little more than you. And I'm being like, you know, I had them as well, but like. That win was lucky, dude. That was fluky shit. They were ten and fifteen on third down. Matt Ryan was playing out of his ass, and it was essentially just like I don't know, making up. It was probably a little like regression to the mean type thing, where it's like he's been so bad, he's gonna have one of these breakout performances. But the Titans, the Titans' defense is a lot better than Jacksonville's, and they're gonna completely take away the run. Um, Jonathan Taylor only gained forty-three rushing yards in the first game against. The uh, Titans earlier this year, three weeks ago, and he had twenty carries. They also did really well against Michael Pittman, and the Titan, Tennessee Titans beat the Colts um, uh, in Indy. And Indy was fully healthy here. I, I actually believe Tennessee. Um, well, I don't believe they're healthier, but I do believe they're better at quarterback. They're better at coach, and they have a better defense. And their two losses don't look as bad now that the Giants are five and one and. Like the Bills beating the shit out of them is kind of whatever. It's really what the Bills do. So I'm not like knocking them too much for that. Um, the Titans are actually really good after a bye week. They're 4-1 and one straight up, 4-1 and one against the number with a plus 14 plus fourteen um, ATS margin since Vrabel's first season in 2018. Um, and I think Derrick Henry is going to have success on, this, on the ground. He's gained at least 100 yards in five of his last six games against Indy. And um, so I see Indy being a one-dimensional offense in Tennessee can be in its full offensive bag uh, because I do think they have success on the ground. So it is a bit square uh, because like most of the public is on it, but I think the Titans are a better team. It could be one of those things where they win 22 to 20 and I get hooked by the half point, but I'm willing to take that risk. And I should have led with this, this, this week is pretty tough. I'm not in love with these games, and um, buy or beware if you're following me on any of this. But I'm going with the Titans minus two and a half. I don't know. No, no str- Do you have? Pushback? I don't have strong.
1: I don't have strong thoughts. Like I said, I I I'm avoiding the Colts for right now because I just don't know about them. Um, I think the way they used Deion Jackson last week had a lot of people going like, "Why the hell are you not using Jonathan Taylor like this?" Deion Jackson's not better than Jonathan Taylor. So the question for me is, do they continue to use their running backs like they did last week? And if Jonathan Taylor comes back for this game and is healthy, do they use him like they used uh, Deion Jackson last week and getting him 10 catches? Because if they do, I think the Titans are probably in trouble. But if they go back to, for whatever reason, their Jonathan Taylor offense, which seems to be he only gets to touch the ball and handoffs up the middle, then, yeah, the Titans will stop that all day. But if they're going to get him the ball in space out of the backfield like they did with Jackson last week, then – but I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was a shift in the coaching, if if it was a one-off. I don't know. The team's a freaking enigma.
0: Yeah, the Colts are hard to wrap your arms around. One other thing that I want your feedback on, though, because I, I – no bullshit, like after basketball last night, I looked at the Indianapolis Colts-Tennessee Titans game. I just stared at, like, the pro football reference, like, preview page for, like – 45 minutes and I spent like an hour and a half handicapping it. And I'm very like in my own head and concerned about being on the public side of things. Right. Cause the public loses, but like, and it feels like this two and a half is too short. Right. Like they're screaming for you to take the Titans. It's a sucker bet. But I think the Titans have just been underrated by Vegas for years. Like no one just has a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel. They don't like my Ryan Tannehill and it's still the Titans are typically in the playoffs. They play pretty well. They get upsets here and there, and they surprise people. So it's just kind of like, you know what? They're probably going to win by three here because they have a pretty consistent track record. So I think that essentially the market's just always down on Mike Vrabel and Tannehill. Anything to say about that? No. Alright, cool. Uh, let's go to your next best bet. My favorite team, the New York Giants, played the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you okay. see in this game?
1: So this is fascinating, right? We'll we'll peek behind the curtain here. You and I somehow got into an argument, except I think we were arguing the same side, but yet still finding a way to argue with each other about it.
0: Yeah. I and, think our texting it's off. We're still well, this is we're I, still figuring it out here.
1: I argue this with everybody. Like this happens all the time. I hate like written communication, because like you don't have tone, you don't like, and, and so much stuff gets lost in translation. But either way, I ended up talking myself into your freaking Giants in this one, because my original. Th- okay, so you look at this line and you go, the five and one New York Giants are underdogs against the two and four Jacksonville Jaguars. So that is one of those lines. I remember when I was like 15 years old, when I first started like sports betting and I was like, so I would see a line like this and I'd be like, yes, hammer the Giants. And then you'd be so upset on Sunday when you're like, oh my God, how did that lose? It's like, because when it seems too good to be true, it is. And you should take the other side. So that was my initial thought with this. It's like, why are the Giants underdogs in this game? And I, I really think it comes down to a little and trust me, I'm an analytics nerd. I get super upset and defensive about analytics. I love Brandon Staley, but like I, think, <laughs> I love Brandon Staley. I love Brandon Staley. I love <laughs> analytics. I hate when, you know, color commentators this happens all the time, right? They go for it on fourth down and Drakeman <laughs> just screams like, Oh, analytics. Like, dude, that's not how it works, you fucking dumbass. Like I hate that.
0: This shit. is like when when someone's like, I got black friends, you know. I, I like I like analytics. I like Brandon Staley. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's just okay, like, that's not even close to the same thing. Yes, but fine. Is. You're just, uh, I like rap music, you know, that type of thing.
1: I defend analytics all the time and I use analytics in a lot of my handicapping. Like look at listen to my handicaps. But I think yeah. the this is an example of analytics getting a little too much credit, which is analytics love Jacksonville. Like they think Jacksonville is a top ten NFL team. And I think Vegas is buying into that, and they're looking at the numbers and the power rate. And all these power ratings have Jacksonville as a good team, and I just, I don't see it. Like, I've watched them play. I don't, like, I hate to be football guy here, because this is what always used to annoy me about, like, you know, football guy, right? Football guy versus analytics guys. Like, you're like, the numbers say this, and they're like, I watch the games. You could do every whatever you want on the spreadsheet. Football, like I, I watch football. Yeah. And and I I would get annoyed by that, but this is like this is me actually finally thinking that analytics went a little too far, and me kind of being football guy. <laughs> You're covering
0: like, the dark side in a couple handicaps. It feels like I'm the football I guy. You know? I don't
1: I don't like. Well, first of all, the Jags are two and four against the spread, so I think Vegas has been wrong about them basically all season. So this is not a new thing that Vegas would be wrong about Jacksonville, and they've been wrong about the Giants, who are five and one against the spread. So. Again, like it, it just, it, fe- it actually feels like you should take Jacksonville here. Like that's what it feels like. But I'm going against that. And I'm saying, like, what I've seen is that Jacksonville should not be favored against anyone except Houston and Chicago, maybe. And by the way, Jacksonville has only been favored four times since the start of the 2020 season. And they failed to cover all four of them. <laughs> yeah. Like they've not covered as, as a favorite since like 2019.
0: No, it's because they're bad. It's because they're bad, and yeah.
1: the only team they're usually favored against is Houston, and then Houston goes and beats them when they're <laughs> favored against them. It's, it's wild. Um, and the Giants are 4-0 as an underdog this season, like straight up. Like not only are they covering, they are winning games as, you know, the underdogs. And honestly, like so, okay, I go, why are the Giants 5-1? Are, was everyone just wrong? Are the Giants just a good football team? And a lot of times what will end up happening is it's it ends up being turnover margin. As a Dolphins fan, I remember a few years ago – The Dolphins had this like crazy season, and they were they weren't supposed to do anything. They ended up making the playoffs. This is more than a few years ago, but it ended. It was all turnovers. Like they just turned the ball over a bunch, and turnovers are notoriously fluky and hard to count on. But the Giants are just plus two. Like it's not like they're crushing it in the turnover differential department. And honestly, the Jags are losing despite having an even turnover margin. So it's not like they're getting crushed on the other end. Like they just turn it over all the time. So why do the numbers love Jacksonville so much? My thought is that they had an unbelievable nine quarter stretch from the beginning of their win over Indianapolis to the first quarter against the Eagles. In those nine quarters, Jacksonville outscored its opponents by 78 to 10. 6 plus 68 in those nine quarters. But in their other 15 quarters, they've been outscored 104 to 62. So, overall, that gives them an extremely positive point differential for the season. They're plus 24 for the season. And that number ranks sixth in the NFL behind Buffalo, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Kansas City, and New England. Is Jacksonville one of the six best teams along with those, those teams? No, it's not even close. But I think that that is what is helping shape this perception that they are good. Because positive point differential ends up playing out in a lot of different metrics. And honestly, they've just had two blowouts. And in every other game, they've lost. So the Giants, though, who are 5-1, and one, have a worse point differential than the Jaguars. The Giants have a plus 14 point differential, despite being 5-1, and one, which is wild. The point of all of this is to say that the numbers believe Jacksonville is more like the team in those nine quarters of domination... And I think they're more like the team that got stomped in the other 15. So overall, I think their point differential will level out throughout the year. So yeah, I'll take the five and one Giants getting three points, even if it seems incredibly obvious, which it is, by the way, because last time I checked, the Giants were getting 84% of the bets.
0: Yeah, it's at 82% right now in DraftKings, according to VEASAN. Um, but to me, that's the only argument for the Jaguars. Just the, the Giants feel like a public dog, right? Because to me, from a Tom perspective... It's pretty much a wash. I think most of the market is much higher on Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. Um, Not necessarily than Brian Dable, but, like, everyone expects Trevor Lawrence to be a franchise quarterback, and they look at Daniel Jones as a game manager, both of which could be true, but that doesn't mean the Giants don't cover in this game. And my big, like, football guy angle on this one is Jacksonville can't run the ball. It's like I don't – I frankly don't trust Trevor Lawrence – to beat the giants in the air. I don't, I, 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 would like you, I would put money down and lose money to see that. Like, I don't, I don't believe that that can happen to be honest. Um, and really like the other thing that's like the Jacksonville argument, it's just like the giants keep winning one score games. They're going to lose one eventually. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are better than their record indicates, which I, just, we'll tell everyone to go back and listen to what Dan said because I agree with pretty much all his points about how Jacksonville has looked really, really good based on a nine quarter stretch. I also like you like the Colts coming into the season. Most of the market like the Colts coming into the season. They were the favorites on the AFC South. So Jacksonville beating the shit out of them 24 0. Like, that's still in people's minds. Like, you know, that's 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 Jacksonville ceiling. And then they look at how they performed against the Charger team, which most of the market liked, and they're like, that's Jacksonville's season. But when you dig a little deeper into those performances, there's reasons to, like, kind of diminish them, at least from Jacksonville's perspective. So, I'm a homer. I can't bet it. Maybe I will game day, but I won't publicly announce that. But I just... I don't think the Jaguars cover three here. I know.
1: I, I wonder, you mentioned Doug Peterson. Like, is it a Doug Peterson bump? Because he's six and two against the Giants in his career. Yeah, maybe. I like, mean, actually, I think... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eight and two. My apologies. He's eight and two against the Giants. He lost the first game he ever coached against them, and he lost the last game he ever coached against them and won eight in a row in between. There's a fun stat for you.
0: That is interesting. No, I, I, I think, yeah, like you said, I think the big, the biggest angle here is people just overreacting to Jacksonville's hot, good moments and just excusing their bad moments. Like they lost to Washington, <laughs> they lost to Houston. Those are epically bad moments that the market should punish them for, and they're not. So
1: I'm telling you, they're living off that stretch, that unbelievable. And I don't think people understand how crazy that to to outscore your opponents 78 to 10 in nine quarters is wild it's wild yeah and i think that they're just getting a like a bump off like and and i think it started at the beginning of the season like we thought jacksonville would be jacksonville and they wouldn't be very good but then they were like this darling for like three weeks when they beat the Colts and they beat the Jags, they move I'm sorry, they beat the Jags, they beat the Colts, they beat the Chargers, and they move to two and one, and we're like, oh my God, it's like I feel like we still are treating them like that two and one team. Not the team that's lost three in a row. Which they have, by the way.
0: Yeah. They've looked like shit recently. I'm with you. I have nothing else to add to the handicap though.
1: And what what is it? The Jacksonville home field advantage? Like, oh yeah, you know all those Jags fans. You know how they get up for game day? There's probably going to be a ton of Giants fans in the in the uh,
0: in the stadium. For sure, for sure. I mean, there. It was only a couple of years ago where Jacksonville you couldn't watch their games in Jacksonville because they were sold out. They were they were blacked out. Like, there's definitely going to be almost as many Giants fans there as as Jacksonville fans. Um, and I think the number kind of. I think the the number. Kind of speaks to the fact that the credit or the the market isn't overreacting to the to the the giants based on their record. I feel like the the mark the market's gotten sharper about the whole record thing right They don't just see like oh giants are five and one, they must be great. Everyone kind of knows it's a lucky five and one or Whoa. fortunate
1: let's clip that off what do you mean? Not just Giants fans saying everybody knows it's a lucky five and one. Just want to, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that I, I I have no problem admitting that. Like, we probably should not have came. I mean, we shouldn't have came back against the Titans, Packers, or the Ravens. That's, those uh, are lucky outcomes. Oh, yeah, I'm were sorry. you playing tackle? Sorry. No, sorry, all right, whatever, whatever. This is <laughs> this is how we pivot back into frenemy mode. <laughs> all right, let's talk about my next best bet. I'm taking the team that I faded last week bounce back spot even though they would technically won but i'm going with the los angeles chargers versus the seattle seahawks um as of right speaking
1: of welcome to the dark side welcome to the dark side
0: yeah i hate that i'm fading my boy p carroll i love p carroll
1: you're not only are you fading your boy p carroll you are doing it while propping up brandon staley who you hate this is this is unbelievable
0: this is how you know it's sharp (laughs) good answer (laughs) Um, it's down to five you know the first thing that jumped out to me again I I gotta pick five games against the spread for my contest and I'm actually gonna put cash on this but I'm looking at the the, the betting splits and 80% of the money is on the Seahawks it's like whoa wait a second why is that why is that And, and, and after listening to a bunch of different sports betting podcasts I'm still consuming them the result, or the 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 thing that I've realized is now people are pushing back on the on the the Chargers, and now I'm starting to find some value in them. People are people are like, yeah, they're not as good as they thought we were as I, as I, as we thought they were. But if you're being fair, they're four and two. They're right in the mix to win the division. They should have beaten the Chiefs the first time they played them. They threw that pick six from their own end zone or. Um, into the Chiefs end zone. It was like a 99-yard pick six, so they could easily be five and one. And we are just talking about the Jacksonville beatdown of them. Justin Herbert had broken ribs. That was the most injured their team has been. They're getting a little bit healthier, I think. Um, And I just, between the total and the line, it feels like the market is saying this is going to be a shootout. And I think eventually just the Chargers get to 35, and the tight uh, the, the 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 Seahawks stop at 28. Like I, I as simple as a wow, analysis, this is not even just
1: a handicap, but a, an exact score: 35 28. Chargers. I love this.
0: If I have to go exact score, I'll go 35 24. I'm going to give myself more margin there.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: I mean, if you if. Like, I like Geno Smith, right? I, we talked about this the first podcast. I love Pete Carroll. But I'm also willing to admit that Geno Smith is going to regress at some point. And I think he's still living off of, like, big plays or is just living off of big plays, right? Like, the, you think of the Saints game where that game went well over the total, Right. He got so many lucky long touchdowns for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lackett were phenomenal players, made phenomenal plays, right? But if the ball breaks a different way or bounces a different way, they don't score those long touchdowns. And then they put up 45 against the Detroit Lions. I put no stock into that performance. The Detroit Lions defense is a complete sieve. I think... The Chargers empty the tank this week as well because next week's our bye week. And they're like, you know what? Like, people are talking shit, but if we go into the bye week five and two, same record as the Chiefs, what now? What's up? You know what I mean? We're, we're in the mix. And it's just crazy to me that Seattle is such a public dog. Like, I think people are watching a lot of Sports Center and watching and hearing a lot of people be like, you know what? Geno Smith, huh? Geno Smith, pretty good. And according to VEASAN, according to Vegas Insider, according to Pregame.com, all of them are reporting Seattle's getting 80% of the action. Um, again, Chargers actually meeting expectations. 4-2 and two against the spread. Outgain five of their six opponents. They're plus 13 in net first downs. Seattle's minus 20 in net first downs. That kind of speaks to the efficiency point that I was making earlier. And I'll go to your one of your first takes or one of your first angles. It feels like. It feels like the Chargers beat their ass. It does. That's that's what I'm going with, and it's gonna like be
1: the, the theme of the pod. It feels like
0: to me. It's like the charge. Like the Chargers don't have much of a fan base. I don't think the Seahawks, in the grand scheme of things, are getting a lot of like money. Like I think this is one of like the games that people aren't going to really bet, and the books were just like, let's just hang seven on it. No one's going to want to touch this game, and now they're getting a bunch of action on the dog, and they're going to need the favorite to come through, and the favorite has by far the better quarterback and the better roster. Like, by far the better quarterback. So, I'll take the Chargers. I thought it was a square play, but apparently not. So, what are your thoughts on that game? I know you love Brandon Saley.
1: I'm surprised you think it was a square play, because I think people love the Seahawks. And I think, like you said, that everyone's kind of souring on the Chargers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I like the Chargers here, too, at home, Get it, giving less than a – touchdown to what i consider to be a bottom five nfl team i think the chargers are a top 10 team um when healthy which they're not right now obviously um i actually want to use this to pivot to talk about what would be my player pop prop of the week which i'm struggling with right now so we we can maybe talk this through so as everybody on the pod knows my player prop is going to be whatever tight end is playing against seattle the problem this week is that that would Theoretically, be Gerald Everett, which is what I had written down. Gerald Everett over his receiving props this yeah. week. The issue is that Gerald Everett saw his least amount of snaps last week. He only played 55% of the Chargers' offensive snaps. The first time all season, he's been under 65% of the snaps and he, he dropped off by 10%. Why did he do that? Because Donald Parham is back. And Parham is an absolute like giant man that the Chargers love to throw the ball to. And Parham came back last week. He only played 20% of the snaps, but he got three targets and three catches for 50 yards. I think it's possible, and there's enough room in this offense for both tight ends to eat, but it does make me nervous about betting either one of them because I can't be sure what the splits are going to look like from a snap count perspective. So that's making me nervous. So this is one I'll probably monitor because Everett missed practice on Wednesday and Parham missed practice on Wednesday. So we don't know... We don't know who's going to play. Everett's was, I believe, an illness, so that likely means nothing. Um, But Parham's recovering from a pretty epic concussion. He has played the last two weeks, but he didn't practice, and they're listing it as concussion. Why was that looked for?
0: Well, illness. That's something that they take pretty seriously recently.
1: Okay, but I'm not worried about his availability. Unless it's illness missed practice Friday, I'm not going to concern myself with a Wednesday missed practice because of an illness.
0: All I'm saying is like, Three years ago, you see illness and the practice spread. It's like, oh, he'd be good. It's a cough. He'll play. Now it's like, eh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hear, I hear you. All right, all, right, all right, keep going. I'm sorry.
1: No, you don't need to apologize. So anyway.
0: No, I'm being rude. I do need to apologize.
1: I would, I would, I still want to play this, but I just, I can't give out a play yet because I don't, I want to see how the practice reports play out. I want to dive into a little bit more as to, again, Parham played 5% less snaps last week than he did the week before, but Everett's snaps dropped by 10%, which is, there's something there. Um, and I want to find out what it is. So I don't know yet. I want to I want to hear what, I, I need more time. That's not a bet I'm willing to make right now, but it is something I'll be on probably Sunday morning. Because again, tight end versus the Seahawks.
0: Absolutely. And by the
1: way, if Parham's healthy and going to play, and his, his receiving total is like over, under, half a catch or one and a half catches definitely hammer that he's definitely going to have two catches in this game if he's healthy and getting
0: his full complement of snaps
1: because I think even if he plays 30% of the snaps he's getting two targets and he's catching them because there ain't nobody on that defense is gonna stop him
0: that's true yeah and it's like hammer the hammer his over eight and a half receiving yards
1: <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying so right but like so ever what I wor- what I worry about with Everett is that his number is going to be kind of high because he's had a few good games this year. He has three games over 50 yards, but he also has three games under 30 yards. Um, You know, he only had three targets against Cleveland. He had seven targets against Denver, but only turned it into 29 yards. Ugh.
0: No, this is one you have to you have to lock into the injury report because Keenan Allen is limited in practice. And that's another
1: one. Yeah, exactly. That's another one. So you know, lock. There's a lot going on.
0: But this is a perfect time to plug your Twitter because maybe you'll give out a play Sunday morning if you pull the trigger on it.
1: Let's let's plug my recently verified Twitter. Let's do at OutKickDanZ. blue check mark brigade
0: man. Do you hate yourself because you got a blue check mark? I love myself because I got a blue smile blue on check. my
1: face. Do I look like <laughs> I hate
0: myself? Dude, when I was at when I was at USA Today, I was like, the only value this job can actually provide for me is if they get me a blue check mark, and they did. And I was like, you know what? You guys can fire me now. It's all good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please don't fire me outkick.
0: No, no, I like it here. I don't want to be fired by you guys outkick. Uh, all right, well, let's go to a bet that you're. Mm, I'm definitely willing to make, I think, right? The Kansas City Chiefs 70... No. Kansas City Chiefs San Francisco 49ers.
1: I'm going to give you the same analysis here, which is like this is an injury report game. It's not one that I'm willing to lock in today.
0: Oh, it's a lead. Okay.
1: Well, the line right now is 2.5, which I would not play. I'm not taking this unless San Francisco is getting 3 minimum. So right now it's not even a play for me until the line moves to at least 3, if it moves to 3.
0: But if that happens, don't you get bad bad injury luck for san francisco or bad injury news right so it's like you have to like sure like you get the three but but then you don't get i mean not
1: not necessarily because it was three at one point it moved to two and a half and the two and a half is still on the minus 105 side so it's like it's teetering towards being three already and then it just you know money could easily come in on the chiefs here like You know, the chiefs are a huge public favorite. So no, I don't necessarily, I see what you're saying, but if, if the injury news is bad, then this is going to jump to like four or five, then I'm probably staying away. But again, I I really want Nick Bosa to play. That's really all I care about. I'd like to see Eric Armstead play as well, but if Bosa doesn't play, that's, that's pretty much a, a stay away for me. Um, but we we could talk about why I'm on it anyway. Um, my biggest concern for San Francisco really is that they come into this game off back-to-back East Coast games, and they stayed on the East Coast the entire time, so their players are like back at home for the first time in two weeks, readjusting to the West Coast clock. Um, ESPN, you know, I hate ESPN, but give credit where credit's due. Uh, their San Francisco reporter, I think it's Nick Wagner, did a really nice. Uh, deep dive into the last four times San Francisco has come back from a two week East coast trip where they stayed and they're one and three in their return home after that. And even the one win they had was against like a, like a winless team that they barely squeaked by. I don't remember the exact details, but basically they play very poorly. It, it's a small sample, but it, it's, it's a sample. So that worries me a little bit, but I do like that. The chiefs are coming off that hard fought, emotional monday night win at home and then the dog fight last week against buffalo also at home now they got to travel out west so i think you're getting a little bit of the a mitigating factor there this is this is a hard stretch of games for the chiefs you know the, the monday night game like, even though it's the raiders it was a it was a tough game and then you play buffalo and buffalo's defense just beats the crap out of you like i think the chiefs are a little bit beat up a little bit tired so it's a little mitigated um you know the she like the the 49ers injuries like they were missing three defensive starters last week Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL Uh, he's the starting corner but I don't think that hurts them in this game because who like you lose your starting corner and you're like oh man who's gonna cover but then you think about the Chiefs and you're like who's gonna cover Juju Smith-Schuster who's gonna cover Marquez Valdez-Scantling like anybody Uh, like literally we'll throw someone out there we'll be fine um, the only one that you really have to worry about on their side is, is Travis Kelsey. And he's not going to be covered by a cornerback for the most part anyway. So, and as, as, as we talk about all the time, like I like to fade recency bias. So despite losing last week, the chiefs still, I think come into this game with positive buzz. They lost to arguably the NFL's best team. They did it in close fashion. I saw people on Twitter suggesting like, Oh, it sucks that the bills and chiefs are in the AFC cause they can't play each other in the super bowl. And on the other side, the 49ers just got beat up badly against Atlanta but this is a San Francisco team that I had picked to win the NFC. I still believe they're good enough to do that. I get a team that I like to win the NFC as an underdog at home against the Chiefs team that is one and four against the spread their last five games. I'm going to look heavily at the injury report, and I need to get at least three here, but I, it's a, it's a heavy lean. How do you like that? Heavy lean towards San Francisco.
0: You know, I had uh, Kyle Shanahan's cousin on my uh... – NBA Western Conference Preview Podcast. Eastern Conference pro- pre- Preview Podcast.
1: Did he say they were going to win this week?
0: We didn't talk about this game. I actually hate Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I have him pretty much bucketed. Did you talk about that? No. <laughs> no, I didn't bring that up. I'm. I, it was the second time in the podcast. Third time, though. I'm definitely going to bring it up. Like, yeah, I hate your cousin. I think he's the most overrated mofo in the entire league. And I feel like... He's he's pretty similar in your book to Brandon Staley, right? That's Why that's, do
1: you hate – I love Kyle Shanahan. Why yeah, of course do you, you do. But see, like, it's funny because you seem to have, like, this reverence for the, like – like Pete Carroll you love. He's 70 love years him. old. But, like, the young, exciting head coaches, you're like, no, nah, nothing to do with them.
0: No. Nah. Any Given Sunday, give me Al Pacino. Screw Aaron Heckhart. Hated that guy. You remember you, – you never seen Any Given Sunday? So they've been saying this has been the same thing in football for years. We got to replace the old coach with the new innovative coordinator. It's the same thing for 30 years. You know, they try yeah, to do a Tony whole Sean McVay
1: thing really didn't work out in, in Los Angeles. Oh, wait. Man, that Zach Taylor thing really did Oh,
0: wait. Those were Zach Taylor. Wait a second. I'm with you it's on Sean Super Bowl McVay. Last Zach, year. Zach Taylor.
1: Look, you can't argue with results. You made it to the freaking Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, but if people were to give credit, Zach Taylor would probably be the third name on the list behind Joe Burrow and the defensive coordinator who whose name I don't even but, know. But
1: guess what? He's on the list.
0: Fair enough. I actually don't hate on Zach Taylor. And I, I and and if I'm being like fair, I would say Kyle Shanahan isn't actually an above average coach. I just think he's overrated. Like people consider him like a top five coach and really his He's got a sub 500 record and they keep making excuses. Some of which are fair, but I think at the end of the day, like you're only as good as your quarterback in most instances. And his ceiling is lower because he doesn't have a good quarterback or hasn't he had wins a good with Jimmy
1: G look at his career record with Jimmy G as his quarterback.
0: Yeah. But your blind faith of Kyle Shanahan is, is part it's, of my point.
1: It's your, no, your point was like, you're only as good as your quarterback and he wins with Jimmy freaking Garoppolo.
0: Yeah, but you picked them to win, win out of the uh, win the NFC without Jimmy Garoppolo, just because no, you're. I didn't. Yes, you did. You said no, bro, going into the season, you, you you like because
1: it was it was absolutely inevitable that Trey Lance. was going right, to be All right,
0: fair enough. But they announced Trey Lance as the starter. They traded up for Trey Lance, draft down number three, and they tried to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo got a uh, uh, off season shoulder surgery that killed they, his trade. But no, no, no. That's false. exactly what happened. Ask Armando. No. Ask Armando. That's not what happened. All right, go ahead. What, what do you think? What they wanted to
1: keep... They. Kyle Shanahan never wanted to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because he was not sold on Trey Lance because he shouldn't have been because Trey Lance... I agree sucks. there.
0: I agree there. Okay, whatever. Um. I, I, so
1: I always had it in my head that Jimmy Garoppolo at some point was going to take over. The question was just when, you know, unfortunate. I mean, you're the one who did the freaking article that was like, Trey Lance tears his ACL, 49er Super Bowl odds, Get better.
0: No, I I agree with your point. If, you, ankle, and if you're saying you picked the Niners with the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo would eventually take over, fine, okay, cool. Then that's, I, I think, did. I think I don't have as much problem with you making that selection, you know, for what it's worth. Uh, the one thing, the further support, like the San Francisco 49ers argument, there's an old system that... Old school sports betting NFL uh, professional bettors use a a team that's an underdog at home um, that's a road favorite the next week usually fade when they're a road favorite with the thinking like, how good could you really be if you were just a home underdog the week prior? Obviously, when you add the context of them playing the Buffalo Bills and San Francisco's injury report, it does switch it up a little bit. But, I mean, that system covers 60% of the time over – I don't know, twenty years. So do what you will with that. I mean, it's only a lean for you, so heavy um, lean. I'll go to a game that I am oddly confident in. Um my final bet before we get into your well, my second to last bet best bet and uh, before we get to your second to last. But I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus seven against the Miami Dolphins and the Mother F and Brian Flores revenge game. You guys have it coming to you for what you did to Brian Flores.
1: Do not say you guys. I am not part of the team. I don't play for the team. Fair enough.
0: You know what I'm talking about, though. You're a Dolphins fan, and that owner, Stephen Ross, just completely butchered the situation. And and I think Brian Flores... Um, I don't this think such, he's in This is
1: such terrible analysis. <laughs> this is the worst analysis you've ever given.
0: He's he's an elite defensive coach, and he gets to face a shell-shocked Tua. The Miami a shell-shocked Do- Miami Tua. Dolphins give up a ton of pressure.
1: Tua has almost died on a football field like four times. If he was shell-shocked, he would never play well. Like, I, I get that out of here.
0: Wait a minute, sir. You're a Tua believer.
1: No, I'm just saying, like, his no. performance is not going to be... No, no. I'm specifically responding to... You saying, suggesting that he might play worse or play scared because of that injury. And I'm saying if that were the case, he would never, ever be on a, he would, he wouldn't be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
0: Okay. I mean, you watch the Dolphins games, right? He didn't look scared in his rookie season coming off the hip injury, or he didn't look scared behind that bad offensive line playing for Brian Flores the past couple of years.
1: Well, everyone looks scared behind the Dolphins offensive line of two years ago, but they're better now.
0: Well, uh, Taron Armstead is missing practice, so that weakens their offensive line a little bit, and they have the fourth fourth worst pressure rate in the league. And Pittsburgh Steelers, while their pressure rate is down this year, they're typically a top-five pressure rate team, and they did so last year without T.J. Watt missing several games. So they were able to keep their pressure rate pretty high, and I think Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin – are going to be able to scheme up some pressure against Miami's offensive line. And I agree that with your, your point about how my analysis is square. I am just diving headfirst into the, the narrative pool here. But primetime football is a vibe. It is. And I think Mike McDaniel is going to shit his pants when he looks across the field and sees Mike Tomlin and his big-ass aviators on the other sideline. I think Mike Tomlin... I'll take the points with a Mike Tomlin team in primetime against a rookie head coach in primetime. That's pretty much where I'm at. Also, the preseason line, Dolphins were favored 3.5. I'm getting at at 7. Where did the extra 3.5 points come from?
1: Have you watched any football this year? Yeah. The Dolphins have two of the best wins in the NFL this
0: season. Okay. But they're also... I don't know. They're three and three. The
1: They're three and three because they've they've played the last three games with a different quarterback ending the game than the one who started it. I mean, come on. But
0: the Steelers—they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and then they beat Cincinnati. They beat Cincinnati on the road. It's a good win. It's, it's not
1: it's not beating New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore in three straight weeks. Those are like literally I just listed for you earlier the best point differential teams in the league. Two of them are right there.
0: Well, both I mean, beaten by the Dolphins. Point are, are the Patriots one of the best point differential teams in the league. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Or they just beat the shit out of the Lions and the and the and the Browns.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I, we're opposite in this one, I didn't, right?
1: I didn't expect you to dig into it, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. There's going to be some pushback. Patriots are catching their stride, though. Like, this is a whole
1: thing. Like, Belichick has always treated September like an extended preseason, especially now without the preseason. Like, that's where he gets his roster sort of coming together. And I don't know, man. Like, I would be worried about this Patriots team. I don't, I think they're quite a bit better than people think they are. I think this division is ex- like, first of all, the AFC East is the best division of football. I don't think there's any, I don't know if I'm going to get pushback from you on that. I shouldn't. You're not. Because I think it's. It's pretty clear. I think there's a lot of good teams in this division. I think the Patriots, I'm not saying they're one of the six best teams, like their point differential says, but I think they're a top 10 team. If not, maybe on the fringe of the top 10.
0: Yeah, I, I just think the Steelers' defense and their coaching staff is going to have something to rattle um, rattle Tua. That's pretty much where I'm at in this one. It's a very Steelers simple are, analysis. They're so bad. They're so bad. I know. What's their cover record, though? I should have this in front of me, but let me go into it right now. Well, they almost
1: certainly covered against the Bengals, and they definitely covered against the Bucks, but they didn't cover against the Bills. They didn't cover against the Browns. That's two and two. They might have covered the – they probably didn't cover the Patriots either. And the question is, did they cover the Jets? Probably not. They're probably two and four.
0: Yeah, you know – Are they two and four? Uh, I, and against a, against the spread, they're two, three, and one yeah. according to Pro Football. Okay, reference. so they
1: they pushed either that Patriots or Jets game. One of the probably the Patriots game. They were probably plus
0: three. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because they were favored against the the Jets minus three and a half, and they lost that one out, right? Yep. Which that loss was embarrassing a couple weeks ago. But to your point about this division being pretty good, I think that loss doesn't look as bad, right? What are the other losses that they have on their on their record? I right? or uh, on their schedule, the,
1: their only "quote unquote" bad loss is probably the Browns.
0: Yeah, at the Browns, though they were underdogs, but yeah, it's it's a bad loss. They By actually the way, S-
1: Steelers zero and three against the AFC East this year.
0: No shit, that's interesting. They lost to
1: the Patriots, Jets, and Bills, and now they play the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, honestly, a lot of this isn't football logic. It isn't market analysis. It's just like gimme Tomlin in the points in a primetime spot against a rookie head coach. That's and that's honestly. Where I'm at.
1: And we'll get to this in a minute when we get to my best bet, but the the unders have been just on fire in primetime games. So the over-under for this game is 45. If you believe that it's going to be another under game, I mean, getting seven points in an under game is always – not always, but that, that, that puts you in a good spot.
0: Yeah. In my personal opinion, I understand the Dolphins had injury to Tua, but at the end of the day, I just think the Dolphins are – effectively matching preseason expectations, at least for me. I, I thought the Dolphins were going to be really good and a playoff team, and I think the Steelers have pretty we much looked as bad just, or as good as everyone thought.
1: We just don't know. That's the whole thing. We just don't know about the Dolphins. I mean, you cannot play NFL games where you start – like I think you're undervaluing too – The reason Skylar Thompson started last week instead of Teddy Bridgewater, even though Bridgewater was healthy, was because he could practice and Bridgewater couldn't. And it was Mm -hmm. like, we're going to take the guy who gets three full days of practice reps for this game with the first team offense. Then he gets knocked out. So it's like they have the last three games not had the guy who got the first team practice reps finish the game. I mean that's a big deal. It's a
0: big deal. But I, I Dan, I do agree. I'm,
1: Unless your argument is the Steelers are going to hurt Tua, and here we go again. Think, <laughs>
0: that could happen. It I certainly think, could be the fourth straight game. I think, I think Brian Flores is out for revenge. <laughs> I do think that. I think he hates Tua. My, right. my, my, my one thing though is I, I, I agree with you. We don't know what the Dolphins. But if you're laying seven, you have to know, right? So I think that <laughs> that enough. gray area plus sevens, like you know what. Well, I'll operate in the gray and I'll take a touchdown. Let's see.
1: Look, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm only betting against it because I like to find bets of yours and bet against it. Cause I think it's fun. Then we can talk shit on each other on Sunday when we're texting back and forth. It's the dolphins. I'm a fan. It's a primetime game. It'll be fun to talk about. I'm not betting the dolphins on in any other capacity. So I'm not like I, I'm pushing back, but I'm not saying that your analysis is completely uh, crazy
0: yeah it's fun for us to talk about but you know how mad twitter is gonna be when this game ends like 17 to 14
1: <laughs> you mean when it ends 24 to 10 yeah
0: uh all right well we'll see i put the score on that i think is gonna get there uh let's go to your all second right. to last best bet chicago we're on no, schedule here right or this is this your is best it. bet this is it all right cool let's um, go to your best bet
1: because the well because again as you know i send you my full handicap and you're looking there is one more but it's the gerald everett one that we already talked about
0: mm-hmm. i'm sorry
1: uh, best bet of the week, it's – it's you want to talk about feeling super square. This one feels about as square as square can be, although for some reason it's not really that square if you look at the money. And that's taking the under in the Monday night – the disaster of a Monday night game that we have this week, which is just another – God, the NFL is getting crushed for their primetime games, as they should, by the way. Another bad one. You got Patriots-Bears, Monday night football, the Mac Jones return game it looks like. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, the Patriots defense is on a heater. Belichick has an absolute propensity for destroying bad quarterbacks, especially bad young quarterbacks. Um, Justin Fields doesn't even know what he's in for in this one. They've allowed 15 points total over the past two weeks to J- Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff. The interesting thing is, against Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, the Patriots allowed 64 points in two games. Against Mitch Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, and Jared Goff, They allowed 29 points in three games. And I'll let you guys figure out which category Justin Fields is in. The Bears offense is literally one of the worst modern offenses I have ever seen. They run at rates that we have basically not seen since players wore leather helmets. They average an unbelievable 123 passing yards per game. The next worst team is 30 yards ahead of them. Twelve teams in the league average more rushing yards per game than the Bears do passing. By the way, the Bears are one of those teams, and so are the Patriots. I see this game as one where the Patriots should be able to win easily. Um, I had in my handicap that they would do it with Bailey Zapp. Zappy, excuse me. Sorry. Um, But even with Mac Jones, that's even better because I think he's even a little less mistake prone. I fully expect New England to employ a safe ball control offense, make sure they don't make any mistakes that keep a bad team in this game. Belichick knows he has a better team. His goal – From the beginnings, like I don't think the Bears are scoring more than 13 points, and so Belichick knows that he doesn't need to go out and score 30. He's going to make sure he puts up 20 and then takes the foot off the gas, play the defense, run the ball, Um, and unders have been crushing in primetime, like we just mentioned, 13 and five, five and one rather to the under in primetime games, which by the way includes two games with the Bears, both of which went under. People like to bet the over; they like to bet the over in primetime. Avoid the inclination here. Hammer the under, easy money.
0: Nice. I don't. I have no pushback. I was looking at the Bears team total. I, mean, I know that's square as well, but it's just like, what is Justin Fields going to do against Belichick? Probably nothing. What's the team total? Um, I thought. Let me click into there now and find it. I thought it it's was be 16, fourteen and a half. and a half. I thought it was gonna be. Well, four. I thought I heard fourteen and a half.
1: Well, then there's value on the over because the total is 40 and the bears are plus eight, which would mean 24 to 16 is what their, their implied team total is 16.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, the team total I'm having a really tough time finding it on DraftKings. I'll get it for you. Um, it's 15 and a half with juice on the under.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, their implied total based on the over under and the spread is 16. Which is high.
0: Yeah, I might put something down on that, but I don't really have anything to like support or refute your handicap here. I think it's keep it simple, stupid, right? Unders cash in prime time. Belichick owns young quarterbacks. This quarterback is especially at a disadvantage because he allegedly has no arm talent.
1: The Bears to score less than two team touchdowns is minus 170.
0: So they're expecting some field goals. I, I will say, and one also, touchdown. This also helps your under. The Patriots' rushing defense really isn't that good, so maybe the Bears like run a lot of clock, right? And it's just like they have some success on the ground. That's but, like, what the Bears off. do, yeah.
1: even when they're losing. They like run clock. It's like, it's like the Bears' goal is to lose by as little as possible. They go in there like, look, we're gonna lose. That's fine. Yeah, We understand that. Let's just try to lose by as few points as we can. So, like, we're down 14. Run that clock, baby. We don't want to lose by 21.
0: Yeah, I think the coach is just aware. Like, hey, let's make this a one-score game with three minutes left, and maybe we get lucky, Well, we, you know? <laughs> which they almost did last week. Yeah, which they did against the Texans. They're one
1: Darnell Mooney drop away from winning that game.
0: Oh, I know. I was – man, Washington Commanders are so sharp. Whoever picked that is a real smart guy, let me tell you.
1: I I actually used them in like a, uh, a survivor pool that I don't care that much about, but I was just kind of messing around. And I was like, I really think they're going to win this game.
0: And I went with them. <laughs> did you watch it? You did, right? Because you, you work Thursday night football usually.
1: Yeah, but I would. I mean, I watch, every, I watch every island game from beginning opening kickoff to final whistle. It's just tough on Sundays because, you know, there's 14 games on. I do my best. I usually, my setup is red zone on the main TV. And then I have... You know, my my two iPads that I use for like the two local games, the Fox and the CBS game.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I got red zone on the main TV, and then I have two side TVs. Usually the Giants and a local team. Good thing the local LA teams are actually pretty interesting. Uh, my best bet, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons plus six and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I understand the square angle here. Um I do I do call bullshit though on the betting splits. According to Vieson, um, more money is on the Bengals, but more of the public is on the Atlanta Falcons. I I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't. At, or at least by the time kickoff rolls around, I don't think it's gonna be like that, right? I mean, Cincinnati Bengals at home just won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, or excuse me, just played in the Super Bowl. Um, just beat the Seattle, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints. Excuse they me. They just played out. in the Super Bowl nine months ago. Like, come on,
1: you're still using that as part of your analysis.
0: Well, I think, yeah, because I think that makes up. <laughs> no, there you go. Well, no, I think it, I think it, it explains the line because based on what we've seen under these two teams this year, why do you think the Bengals are favored six and a half? It's because they were good enough to make it to the Super Bowl last year, so that's still being priced into the line. I think, like. Okay. The preseason line was the the Bengals were favored 10, right? And the bottom line is I make this Bengals by 5, so I think I'm getting a point and a half, two points worth of value. Atlanta actually has a higher net points per play. And the thing that I like about this is Atlanta has a strength on weakness edge on the ground. Cincinnati's rushing defense is really bad, and Atlanta runs the ball really well. And I think Arthur Smith is actually good at elevating shitty athletic quarterbacks. Like he did it with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. He's doing it with Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. Like the reclamation projects who are good football players that are willing to run to get the job done. And I think Marcus Mariota is going to have a decent game um, working in some RPOs. And I think the Atlanta ground game has success in this and keeps it close with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I just feel like Everyone's expecting Atlanta to, to, I don't know, fall re- return back to the mean, regress to the mean, you know, and eventually to look like the team everyone expected to be bad. But you can take something good away from each one of their covers this year, and I think they're playing really well, um, and I just disagree with the line effectively. So that's where I'm at here. Um, I do think it is... <sighs> I think you're getting the Falcons at a spot that I think most sharps would avoid them at. So I understand that, but I just don't see how the Cincinnati Bengals are seven points better than the Falcons. If we're just judging on what we've watched on the football field, I know you got some pushback on there. I just think you're wrong. (laughs) Is it because your father's a big fan?
1: No, I mean, I like, I, I think the line has moved too far from the preseason line. I, I, I go the opposite of your. and I don't think it, like, your argument is it's moved five points from the preseason line and they haven't moved it far enough. I think they moved it too far.
0: No, it's moved three points and I think it should be five points. It, I, well, I'm seeing six and a half.
1: Yeah, the preseason
0: line was 10. Right. So three and a half. Isn't that what I said? Who you said? Uh, No, you said it. it moved five points. And my head, I'm saying you moved five. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're on the same page then.
1: Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, I wouldn't have moved it that far. Like, I I think the preseason line was pretty close to right. I think this is maybe an eight and a half that I'm getting at six and a half. So, yeah, I'll take
0: it. Aren't you concerned with how like badly New Orleans Saints run game trampled Cincinnati last week? No, not really. New Orleans were missing their top three wide receivers and had a backup quarterback. It's pretty obvious you just stacked the box against them, and they didn't, and they couldn't do it effectively. Like I think Atlanta's. Well, so then they're going to do it this week. Okay, fair enough. Um, Falcons plus six and a half is my best bet. That's all I got for you guys. It's good stuff. It's been fun. It's always been good. Fun. We're heads up on what three bets now, or two.
1: Only, okay, yes. We're heads up on three. I took the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Ravens. But the only one that I'm actually putting down – oh, I, I should I should be clear. All right. So, I'm taking the Ravens for the purposes of the podcast because I know people are very interested in my record. I am taking the Ravens. I have them at minus – Six on my sheet, but I think that it slid right. Yeah, six and a half. So, I, but I'll still take the six and a half. So, I got Ravens six and a half. Let me just check these lines because I did all my research last night. Raiders minus seven. I am officially locking in as much as it pains me. The Giants plus three. I will take San Francisco if I can get a line of three or more and Nick Bosa plays. <laughs>
0: Right. You got something to say? I mean, you're not getting three if Nick Bosa plays. It's not going to happen.
1: We'll see. We will no, right. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Follow me on Twitter at OutKickDanz. There will be a, a, a heavy discussion about this 49ers line as we go. Um, I am locking in the Patriots-Bears under 40. Maybe, maybe, maybe just make sure, make sure we're locking in. it. I want to make sure we're not giving out false numbers. Yes, 40 is the current line. And I'm not officially giving the Gerald Everett prop out except if Donald Parham plays and his over-under for catches is a half, I'll take it the over, and I'll take anything under 10 yards over.
0: All right, I'm taking seven with the Steelers, laying five with the Chargers, taking six and a half with the Browns. Um, what's the other one that I like? Oh no! Oh, lay in two and a half with the Titans and my best bet, Falcons plus six and a half. Those are the official picks. Do us a favor, leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts. Help us grow the or rise in the sports betting charts. Show us some love on social media. You can find Dan at on Twitter at what's what? I kick Dan Z. Yeah, he now has a blue check mark. So he's been recognized by the Twitter guy. I'll be super
1: easy to find because I have a big blue check mark next to my name. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, until next time, peace.